All right, if you guys have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Ephesians 6, 13. And uh, tonight, the title of my message is entitled, Stand in the Evil Day. And um, as we go, my hope is that as we go through this message, that you all see, will see how important it is, especially in our days, that we need to stand on the Word of God. Amen? Because there is nothing that can save you but the Word of God. Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father in Heaven. There is no other way. Um, <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, it says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. You see, God doesn't want you to move. He doesn't want you to sit. He wants you to stand. Stand firm. We have to stand firm in having our feet planted on that solid rock, which is the Word of God. There is no other foundation that will keep you sturdy but the Word of God. In uh, James chapter 4, verse 7 through 8, it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh, nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. You know, we take a look at the churches today, and you know, we, there's probably people that wonder, well, why, isn't, why doesn't the church have power? It's because, number one, they probably have unrepented sin. Number two, it's because they probably sold out the word of God for the world. And when a church or individual or anybody that sells out the word of God for the world, they lose power. Why? Because it's Christ that has power. This world only offers, can only offer you hell and damnation. Because sin brings death. This is why Christ had to come and pay that price. Why? Because it's only through him we can have our sins forgiven. It's through him that we can go to heaven. It's his blood that we can be cleansed of all of our sins. You take Christ out, you've got nothing. You reject Christ and what he did at the, at the cross, there is no more sacrifice. The churches nowadays, a lot of them, do not want to even touch the cross. They don't even want to touch the blood. They don't want to touch any of that. Why? Because it's just not worldly friendly. They want to have people come in and just party it up. But that's not what church is. Church is where two or more are gathered in his name. He's in the midst of them. We come to God's house to worship Christ, to worship God, to have fellowship one with another. Church is not a party. Church is not some fun tongue we can kick back and live like the devil. God wants us to have and be sanctified, which means you are to be set apart from the world and from sin. 
if there is no sanctification, what what salvation? You know what what is their salvation? Salvation and sanctification go hand in hand. You cannot have one without the other. In Acts chapter 14, verse 22, it says, Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much what? Tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. You've got people like Rick Warren and Joel Osteen that say, Have your best life now. Mm-mm. Jesus promises that we will have tribulation while we're on this earth. Why? Because Jesus said, if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. If we truly follow Christ, the world will hate you. Because the world loves its own. The Bible also says in James that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Now, a lot might say, well, that's very strong. Well, that's, that's what God said. If people don't like that, they should go before God and tell him. Because he's the one that said it. Amen? Because God is the author and finisher of what? Our faith. And our faith is founded on the Bible. <clears throat> John chapter 15, verse 18 through 20, it says that the world hates you. You know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. We're called out. We might live here, but we're not of this world. Christ was not of this world. And if Christ calls you out, you must come out. Amen? Touch not the unclean thing. In John chapter 16, verse 33, it says, These things I've spoken unto you, that ye in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You see, it's it's by his death and resurrection, Christ won. It may not seem like we're winning now, but at the end of the book, we win. But we're entering in a time right now The church is going to get persecuted. The children of God are going to be persecuted. And they're going to be persecuted because of the sake of the gospel. But remember, Christ overcame. Amen. Amen. In Acts chapter 12, verse 1 through 10, it says, Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him, out, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him. 
intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Let me just say something about that. Herod is persecuting and vexing the church. You've got some of the elders and the church being killed because of Herod. You know what the church did for comfort? They prayed. You see, any tribulation and trial that we face, you'll find comfort in prayer. You'll find comfort in the Word of God. And those are the only sources that God will give you comfort. He's not going to give you comfort in worldly things. It's going to be by His Word and prayer. Amen. It says, And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door, kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. And a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter in the side, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off of his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith on him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel. But he but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. You see, when when there's trial and persecution, it's going to cause you to pray. It's going to cause you to get into your word. It's going to cause you to focus on God. And we're coming in a time now that choices are going to have to be made amongst individuals, amongst churches, amongst denominations. Whether they're going to sell out or they're going to stand. And I'm going to tell you, if you choose to stand, there will be persecution that comes with it. But keep in mind, it's through much tribulation we must enter in the kingdom. Christ will bring you through and he'll see it. He'll see to it. Just like he did with Peter. Just as an angel of the Lord went and got Peter out of prison. Saw him through everything. Christ will see you through the trials and temptations that we face. Because he's good. And he'll do that for his people. In Acts chapter 5, verse 24 to 32, says, Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence. For they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? And behold, you have you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intent to bring this man's blood upon us. 
Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. You see, they didn't want them to preach in Jesus' name. Guess what? History is going to repeat itself. There's going to come a time. If you are a Christian and they know it, they will arrest you and throw you in prison. And already we're seeing right now churches and denominations just full-blown, just doing whatever they want. They're escaping from this and going to things of this world. In 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 1 through 4, and it says, And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard, which was in Yisrael, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spoke unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house, and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it. Or if it seemed good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it and money. And Nabal said unto Ahab, The Lord forbid me it, that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Yetzirahite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would not eat no bread. You see, Ahab wanted the vineyard. Naboth said, no, you're not having it. It's not lawful for me to give it away. Look, I'll tell you something. This is what a lot of the churches, this is what the spirit of Ahab will do to denominations and churches. They will come to them and say, I'll give you a better vineyard. Something better than this. And you know what? A lot of the churches a lot of denominations got suckered into it. And they supposedly got something quote-unquote better. But they didn't. And the reason why they didn't, because they sold out the Word of God for something lesser than that. People who sell out the Word of God betray Jesus Christ. Consider Judas Iscariot. He sold out the word of God for 30 pieces of silver. The love of money is the root of all evil. And guess what? Judas eventually became filled with earthly sorrow, which caused him to hang himself in a tree. Judas betrayed Christ. And you take a look at all these churches. You take a look at all these denominations. You take even a look at all these so-called pastors. They sold out. And you know what happened when they sold out? Then you start getting all these Fruit Loop 
uh, pastors that start pastoring, which, by the way, goes against the word of God, because the word of God specifically says that the bishop must be the husband of what? One wife. It does not say the wife of one husband. It does not say the husband of one husband. It does not say the wife of one wife. It says the husband of one wife. And when you get teachers and you get pastors that sell the word, sell out the word of God for worldly things, they are in direct rebellion to the word of God. And they're disobedient. And if they don't repent, they will be held accountable for their actions. God will hold them accountable. It may look like they're getting away with it now, but they will be held accountable. Amen? <clears throat> now, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1-5. through 5. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. You see people, and you see people like Joel Osteen and all these megachurch pre- preachers. They're so in love with themselves, they're willing to fleece their flock for money. Amen. But you know what? The churches need to start getting a backbone. They need to stand up, stand on the word of God and fight. And say, and there needs to be churches that need to stand on the word of God and say, this is not okay. But it seems like not a whole lot of churches are willing to do that. And we have to understand that we are living in perilous times, and this is going to happen. Without the Word of God, there is no power. I'll take it even further. Without the Word of God, there is no salvation. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof for such turn away. You know, we read that list and we see that clearly today. We see it in churches. We see it in politics. We see it everywhere. We see big spots of places where it's you know, it's ungodly. You got God haters. Woe unto them that called good evil and evil good. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 through 4. For the time will come when they will not endorse sound doctrine. You know, we see a lot of churches not enduring sound doctrine. Why? Because they gave up the word of God. They want to be like the world. Why? Because in their minds, we need to win the world. You're not going to win the world. Truth of the matter is, the world hates Christ. And there's really two sides. There's not a middle. It's you either are the world and hate Christ, or you're with Christ and you hate sin. There's two sides. There is no middle ground. 
soon people will have to make a choice. Either they will stand for the Bible or they will sell out and be like the world. But we are not to conform ourselves like the world. We are supposed to be conformed to the image of Christ. How do we do that? It is by the word of God. We are to renew our minds. Amen. Um, <clears throat> but after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Second Thessalonians 2, 3, it says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a great, come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. You see, we're coming to a point where we're starting to see a fall away happen. As a matter of fact, we're going to see a picture of that here in just in just a few minutes in the book of Daniel. Second um, Peter chapter two, verse one through three, it says, "But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and." bring upon themselves swift destruction and many shall follow the pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of and through covetousness shall they with feign words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. Now, we... uh, I mentioned that there is coming a great falling away. And we're going to see that here in Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. It says, Nebuchadnezzar the king of the king made an image of gold, whose height was three score cubits and the breadth of thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. The Nebuchadnezzar the king set sent together to gather together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together onto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up, and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then an herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded all people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, sultry, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up, and whose and whose falleth not down in worship shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of a, the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worship, worshipeth 
that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews of whom thou hast set over the affairs of the provinces of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, sultry, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye not, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast into the same in the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I know that was a lot of reading. (laughs) Um, But what can we take from that? What we take from that is that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had such a fear of God, they told the king, we're not bowing down and worshiping that thing. Our God could deliver us. But if he don't, we're still not bowing down and worshiping that thing. You know what happened when 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 they didn't when they didn't um, compromise? They got thrown into the fiery furnace, but no hurt came to them. You know why? Because there was a fourth, that of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, delivered them from the fiery furnace. You see, when you serve God, God will take care of you. When you don't compromise. Sure, there will be trials. But God will take care of you. When you stand on this, God will take care of you. There are too many, there's too much compromise nowadays. Too much compromise. Too much churches, individuals selling out for the world. That ought not to happen. But the Bible told us it would happen. Why? Because there would be many that would depart from the faith. You have the spirit of Ahab, you have the spirit of Ahab enticing these people to forsake this. You see, the devil, he's trying to get people away from this into the world. I just want to I, I, I want to end with this. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the good news is you can get saved. No one has to go to hell. God says that hell was created for the devil and his angels. It's not God's will for any to perish, but what for all to come to repentance you see there's really only two roads one road is a rejection of christ which 
which if you die in that condition will lead you to hell, which will lead you into the lake of fire. But there's another path to eternal life, a short and narrow path. Jesus said it wasn't going to be easy. But Jesus also promises. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I will always be with you, even unto the end of the world. Amen. No matter, no matter what happens in the end days, as long as we're standing on this, we can't fail and we can't fall. Amen. Brother Bill, if you want to come up.